0: still growing in grace after all none of us have arrived i had this conversation with a group of people the other day and this concept of unlearning was the primary root of our discussion and it made me realize that this program is perfect for that like we're still growing in grace and my hope as in uh, as you can see on the title if you read it most people don't but it's my my goal and hope is to inspire joy to give hope and to delight in grace. I want to have a good time. And I don't want to be a ministry or teacher or person who is just, you know, kind of the boring monotone. Anyway, I hope you're encouraged by what you hear here. Uh, If you look at the playlist down below, you're going to see, I think, well, we're at episode 162. Well, we've covered an awful lot of topics in that time. We have many more to cover. Uh, today we're going to finish uh, episode four of four uh, of this thing called debunking divine command theory. Now this is this is a really important one because we may not even realize we've got this belief in our minds. Or when you hear it, again, if, you, if this is your first time listening to, to today, I think you're going to really like it quick shout out and hello to a few people. Catherine, good morning, Catherine here in Elmira and Buddy. uh, Good morning to you, brother. I'm glad you guys commented already. You're all up early. Last week, nobody was up early. (laughs) It's really funny. So thanks for chiming in. I hope you enjoyed this final discussion. Um, The following weeks, I have two more things uh, ready that I think you're going to enjoy. One is a discussion with a group of great folks who are um, well, they're creating a safe place for uh, those that are deconstructing or unlearning faulty concepts of who Jesus is, who God is, who the Trinity is, who the church is. <clears throat> and it's a beautiful group and uh, you'll get, you'll hear more information on that soon. Uh, I think you'll like that. So that's, that's for next week. So for now, let's get into this final discussion and I'll be watching live with you because um, I haven't heard this since it was recorded. So I'm listening with fresh ears. So here we go. All right, this is uh, part four of a really good, longer conversation that I think is not talked about enough. Um, Divine command theory, a a concept that we attribute uh, evil, that if somebody else does it, it's evil. But if God does it, then it's not evil. And so it must be holy or righteous because it's God, because who questions God? And how that plays out into our regular theology and our regular daily walk. And it's uh, The more we're talking about this, the more awful I'm finding it is. I didn't realize it had a root in so many, I'll say churches, um, and because they're listening to a voice outside of themselves. In fact, last Sunday, um, I was sharing with my churches, don't even listen to your pastor when it comes to uh, a divine word to your heart. Have the Holy Spirit confirm if it's true, not your pastor. I'm I'm a pastor, and I'm preaching. This is my sermon. (laughs) But it it matters because I don't want people relying on me. I want them to rely on the Holy Spirit. And we got to teach people to learn how to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, not who can interpret written pages. That, to me, is far more important. So, I don't
1: know. Well, and John John says that, you know, in the the letters to John, you have an anointing from the Holy One, you have no need of of men to teach you. Now, he's not saying there aren't teachers in the body. He's not saying that. What he's saying is the A plan, the end goal. Is to get right. to a point where the teacher lives in you. You know, yes. you have your rabbi lives in your conscience. Yes, and <laughs> yeah. we are
0: influenced by pastors, teachers, leaders, our neighbors, mothers, fathers, children, teens. Everybody has a voice at the table.
2: I mean, and- Jesus was rabbi. Jesus was rabbi, and he had disciples. Yeah, but one of the, my favorite things is you know what's what's the de- my, bill's definition of a disciple? A confused but committed follower of Jesus. <laughs> I love that. But see, disciples didn't stay disciples. They grew and they matured and they went into, they became apostles. They became proclaimers of a good news that they like, and they started to grasp this thing and tap into this thing we're talking about, which is listening to God
0: directly. So you just sparked me to remind me to go back to this uh, first Peter, Uh, second Peter chapter one. It says, I'm writing to you uh, who share the same precious faith. We have this faith was given To you, Because of the justice and fairness of Jesus Christ, our God and Savior. Here it comes. May God give you more and more grace and peace as you grow in your knowledge of God and Jesus, our Lord. Many of us don't realize we have to grow more in our knowledge of God and Jesus. And this divine command theory paints an awful picture of God, a a faulty picture. And so if we're believing in that God, we can't grow past that. We're stuck. And so I didn't know that was a, a cancerous cyst in our theology that has to get removed,
1: right? So well, no. well, I mean, everything you can't love a God that does the things that are attributed to Him in the Old Testament. Yeah. You cannot; it is impossible. You can fear that God, but you can't love that God. Mm-hmm. And so when, but but see, everyone's got to explain the Old Testament passages. So that divine command thing. It's just it's their way of explaining it, and it's so poorly thought out. I mean, it's it's incoherent, and yet it has infiltrated into the our whole Western Christianity. Yeah. You know that yeah. we we dare not. You know, God did those things. And Whoa, hold on there, brother. Keep you know, pushing. you know, and it's just so that. And, but then when but when you have a, a live electric current that bams you up to Jesus, you go whoa. I mean, when, when when I when I had some encounters with Jesus, it just something went into me that said. I don't care who says what in the Old Testament. That's not Jesus. The Jesus that it, that I know—that's not Jesus. And um, and 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 I can't—I can only tell you—it's—it's—it's it's, it's my love for God. Jesus mm-hmm. is high, my love for God because of those things yep. aren't aren't true. So I mean, but there's so many out there that are still terrified, and 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 so many de- denominations and teachers use that as weaponized fear. Mm-hmm. You know, to keep the sheep in line, and I mean, it's and yet it's to, it's robbing them of of their love of God.
0: Yes. So if if you if we were to continue in Second Peter one, um, it says um, uh, if you grow like this or as you grow like this, these things will continue. And we talked about the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians; those are great. But this is another list of amazing progressive journey of maturity that comes through. And the one line I love towards the end, and this will lead to this. This will lead to this. Um, And this will hang on here. Where'd it go? Um, Here we go. And godliness will uh, lead to brotherly affection, uh, meaning our fellow brothers and sisters, we're going to come to grow to love all of our brothers and sisters, but it doesn't stop there. Then it says, and then affection for everyone. Mm. I thought, Oh, that's a signature. Like you think you, you know, God, you think, you know, the Holy spirit, then you must love everyone. Like, there's something powerful about that. If you want to set a mark, to me that's a pretty high bar.
2: Paul Paul said it that way, right? I uh therefore now we regard
0: no one yes. according to the flesh.
1: Yep. Well,
0: yep. Right? Yes. So yeah. I know in our uh before we had our discussion I talked about this Achilles heel that I think a lot of believers have and and they don't <laughs> even realize it. I didn't realize I had it. But for a long time when I'm hearing these verses oh and then one of us would say, you know, I listen to Jesus not the Old Testament. It's like <gasps> Oh my goodness. I'm having a heart attack, you know, because you can't say that because there's an underlying belief built into us called the infallibility of scripture. Yeah. And unfortunately every single church doctrine that you see on the web pages of what we believe always begins with infallible and, and, yeah. and that that word particularly, and it's misused, mistran. I think it's just, they shouldn't be using those words. That's a controlled narrative. And yeah. I think if we see scripture as, Absolutely no problem, no error. And I'm thinking, which translation? Which which category of of translations? Uh, Hebrew or Greek, or what like you can go on and on and, and tear it apart. But have you guys seen that too? That this concept of there's nothing wrong with Scripture; it's good because it's clear. And but then we talk about the Old Testament that that Jesus that Jesus is correcting the Old Testament. How's that possible? Does it himself? But I think if we don't realize that there's a cubbyhole. Uh, controlling some of our filtered thinking of of who God is and if we think it's the Bible the Bible is has no yeah. errors then in, infallibility
2: problem. in in every way you shape it um anyone who who chooses to put that as a core piece of their doctrine and and this is a pretty bold statement I, I would say that the vast majority of you know Western denominationally based um Christians do it's they're 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 putting a giant straw man at the center uh, of what they believe, and that's that's that, again that's I know that's pretty bold, um, but it, it like you said it's so easy to dispel so quickly. I
0: mean, well, if divine any common
2: theory... sense, yeah, any common sense and and any you know categorization of three or four questions doesn't undo that completely, where people just basically turn tail and run, or they they call you a heretic and then walk away. That there there's really just no basis for that intellectually historically or anything i mean it, it isn't now cuz you know infallibility requires me to be infallible and that, that is definitely in you and everyone else that that's just not true and the writers right mm-hmm. um the, but we the,
0: still we still believe the scriptures are there to help us and guide us as history they are absolutely, I love them holy. right but
2: they're set apart they're holy which that's all i mean they are helpful they are wonderful and I, I mean what I mean by wonder they are full of wonder mm. because they are telling a story and they they have the most raw and 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 real honesty in that story and that story is leading us to an apex right to a to a conclusion and that conclusion and that that uh is Jesus he's the one that has fulfilled the law and the prophets of of leading up to him and then afterwards we have a a very short if we're being really honest very short period of time where we get to see these first sparks of how this this new way of thinking a new way of believing starts to transform the world around them, the legalistic world and, and this other world that really hadn't been invited to this idea of sacrifice and law to this extreme that the Jews had, and that they come in too and realize, hey, we got a lot of the same hangups and all of a sudden we're free. We're free to think about God in a new way, that there is no darkness in God and that God is one with us, Emmanuel, and that, you know, this man who crucified, who was crucified is the exact representation of God. It was, it was 40, well, not quite, it was 35 years of my life I've grown up in, in and around the church. My my grandfather was a pastor and missionary. My dad did sound for Billy Graham. It wasn't until I was 35 years old that I heard the first message on Jesus being the exact representation of God. And that's not like a small thing. It's all over the New Testament <laughs> in many, many places. Yep. And yet it was never brought to my attention until I was 35. Yeah. And it changed everything for me because all of a sudden now Jesus becomes the pinnacle, the, the logos. So it's still everything. changing everything.
0: It's still it done changing.
2: The Bible's no longer the exact representation of
1: God. Jesus is. Yeah. And the Bible says that. <laughs> well, and, and 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 even back to the Babel thing. You know, if Babel teaches us anything, it's that language divides. And see, the whole concept of a command and of literalism is that it can be expressly articulated through language, that God mm-hmm. can be expressly and perfectly, which yep. is nuts. It nuts. is nuts. And you know what true spirituality is? It moves beyond language. Mm. You but we have language here going on right now, but we also have presence. We've acknowledged the presence. We're trying to tap into the presence as, as we interact with each other. But you know what? The more I know God, the less I, I have language words. Yeah. About. The Wonderful. I, yeah, we, we've been delivered from language. I, I'm being delivered from language. I don't, I, I hold it loosely. I know I've, I've written about this before, but, you know, I used to write a thing about uh, don't don't overgrip scripture. Don't hold it too tight because the tighter you hold it, you know, the, the the tennis pros say that produces toxic tension and you lose strength, you know, because you're holding on to it too tight. But when you hold it loosely, like we, we hold language loosely. And it makes perfect sense to me that if God was going to send us a written source, at least to help us get pointed in the same direction. Like you said, Mike, let us get pointed in the right towards God. It, it's going to be embedded with a concept that also eventually points away from itself Yep. You know, to, that, to wean us off of it. Mm-hmm. In the beginning, we're children. You know, he said that with the Israelites. They, they, they needed the law. They needed the law. To, to, to find Christ. But once you find Christ, you don't need the law anymore. You leave the law behind. And and so, and we leave language behind and we move on into transcendent being. The Sabbath rest. That's where the Sabbath rest in Hebrews talks about. Where we enter into the Sabbath rest where we all rest from having to talk. <laughs> <laughs> and we could just fellowship and, and be in fellowship with one another. And, and, and hear the same spirit like the sound of many waters. You know, we, we, we should... Uh, You know, what you hear, what you bear witness with and what I bear witness with is a symphony like rushing waters coming together where you hear many voices, you know, but it's one it's one current. And that's exciting, you know, uh, to me. But it's it's, 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 the people who who are into this divine command thing are slaves to language. They're slaves to language. And again, I, I take it back to Babel. That's the thing that produces nothing but confusion. And disperses all the people on the earth. The thing that'll unite all the people is the doing away with that. Which, if you look at the passage, is actually talking about praying in tongues, only in the sense that we're not we're 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 praying in heavenly languages now. We're not we're not being drawn together because of because of doctrine. We're being drawn together because of the Spirit and because of love. We don't even need to speak in human language anymore. You know. So I mean, that's that's. Ugh. That's I insane. remember
0: I remember going to a youth group and um, I, I love the pastor, the youth pastor. I, I found great fellowship. I had a connection. I had a sense of acceptance there. I needed to be in that group. I didn't like everything that was being taught, but because I trusted the pastor, I thought, okay, this must be right. But there were some topics that came up that I don't know. I don't know, but I guess because I really trust him. Okay, there's something I don't know. He's much smarter than me. He's been to Bible college and all that stuff. And even my conversations that I went to have one-on-one with the pastor, which not many youth do, um, same thing. said, well, you'll learn. It'll come to you and all this stuff. And and it's fine. But now I get to re-question those things. So maybe this divine command theory, if you've never heard of it, it's been sitting there without you knowing it, or you. If, if you're lucky and blessed, it's not been an issue for you. Oh, my goodness. But my background, it sure has. And so to identify it, it's like, okay, there's another thing I get to throw out and burn because mm-hmm. I don't need that. And that's the Holy Spirit burning it off of the things okay. that are never true anyway.
1: So everything well, should be put to the flame. And have you noticed, have you noticed that Jesus never, never taught hermeneutics? Uh, he never thought contextual. Yeah. He never corrected. In fact, he, he, he made read. it way worse because he would just ask these questions <laughs> and just leave, leave them hanging. <laughs> I know he didn't say, hey, you're reading that Old Testament passage in context, Peter. You know, or let's go back and let now, now, the original Hebrew Peter would say that he didn't do any of that. And yet, because the divine command, this com- divine command thing, as an example, I'm not saying that you, there are not some benefits from hermeneutics. I'm not. Well, maybe I'm hinting at it, but I'm not direct. <laughs> But but I am saying when it becomes nothing more than applying these scientific principles to interpretation of scripture, yeah. you're toast. You're yeah. toast. You, you're setting the ceiling down. The ceiling is the floor. You know, with that. It, so it, hermeneutics,
0: hermeneutics may have its place, but it's really low on the totem pole. And yes, if that's a high bar for you. There's so much more to learn and grow. Well,
2: I, I think that when we get stuck in that, I, I just Richard, you just said something. So I wrote this down. I'm actually going to write it as a post. I may refine it a little bit, but. <laughs> Maybe I'm just in the mood for, you know, brash statements today, but I mean, I, I just had a wow moment. So we were, you were saying, you know, about the, the presence of God and, and, you know, we individually get that opportunity. But I think <laughs> this is so messed up in a good way. <laughs> you know, I'm talking about messing up our, our, our thinking, the idea of church, right? This idea of, of collecting and gathering, the idea of, of um, the body of Christ. The body of Christ shouldn't be talking about God.
0: Because they already know God.
2: Listen, the true church, the gathering of believers in this man, Jesus, the Christ, the son of man, the exact representation of God has no need to talk about God, but rather to just enjoy being Mm. uh, totally at rest and being the conduit for the presence of God.
1: Right?
2: Right? In we the room talk about God, we, we are literally flowing God if we're truly being the church. That that is the church that that blows me away. Like, we don't have to talk about God. We we are literally conduiting God and resting in God. That's when we are most we are being the, the, the church in its most perfect essence.
0: Do you a knee jerk reaction to that does in me <laughs> It's not good. You won't like this. Um, but it makes me suddenly. Default to what am I? Look at all the things I'm doing wrong. Then, like my shame starts to creep in. My
2: yeah, that my that fa- can be one of our guilt trips, right? But it is. is it's true, a false guilt
0: trip. It, it is. It's, it's a false. Guilt. Yeah. If we're not aware of yeah. that. Now we're going to run to something else to find. Our there's need. no
2: shame in that statement. It, again, we are on a growth, and it doesn't mean we don't need to talk about God. I, I don't. I don't want to legalize that statement because yeah. I think people need this conversation. Thus, my point is, I think that redefines in some regard, hopefully for people who are watching this, the idea of church. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean we can't go and talk about God and gatherings. That, I'm not saying that. I'm saying what should come from it, just like we talked about trusting ourselves with the Holy Spirit, is ultimately that's supposed to lead us to the place where we are the hands and feet of God. And we don't have to discuss the idiosyncrasies and the hermeneutics and what about this and what about that and this is right. or this is, No, no, no. We're just uh, loving one it, another
1: because because it gets back we're talking about him like he's not in the room All yeah time, exactly we're talking about like he's not, like god's not here he she she's he or she's not here we're talking like they're not we're here. not talking he, about he, hey, hey hey
2: hey 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 richard there's this guy named mike zinker right now he's canadian probably as a you know uh, uh he's the bald he's kind of a jerk i mean we <laughs> hey mike oh you're right here it's like the wrath I know, of mike I <laughs> It, it, how it, awkward it, would that be if we're having a really in-depth discussion breaking about, down the life uh, of mike zinker while he's just right here listening and going guys all you have to do is ask me i know <laughs> i
1: know i know that was
0: actually clever <laughs> yeah. that's cool well
1: okay. well and 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 it's it's uh and there has to be a generation uh mm-hmm. that that finds it taps into this because once we do once we do and we tap into it then we we are you're exactly right we are carriers of his presence and we're here if we have a question let's ask him good to the holy spirit you know they said uh, well we're we're gonna see what seems good to the holy spirit and us (laughs) you know and just the readiness the availability this is all about the availability of god and if Jesus came, you know, the whole kingdom of God is the availability of God, the imminent availability, the imminent with an E and then imminent with the I near yeah. the, imminent, the God of the heavens and earth. And Mike, one of the
2: things I would say to encourage you as a quote unquote pastor is the fact that you've already gone to your, you know, the people that, that are a part of your gathering and said, don't listen to me. That in and of itself is a massive test. Temp- You're saying I, I, you don't have to trust me. You can trust yourself. That is so rare in the gathering of believers who are in the conversation trying to walk this out, right? Yeah. I think that, unfortunately, that's one of the last things most pastors would say about their congregations.
1: But that's what you got to love about Paul, because Paul yeah. confronted Peter on that very same... He was stood mm-hmm. to his face. You know, Peter... I mean, when Paul, I'm a chief apostle. I'm a chief sinner. He went from being a chief, you know, <laughs> chief apostle to, to his last word on it was, "I'm a chief sinner." So, as you mature in this, you you become you you go to the feet. You know, you, yeah. you wipe the feet of other people. I mean, and and you become uh, where instead of pope, you don't become a pope. <laughs> you, you become a you know a shoe shiner. <laughs>
0: yeah. That's good. And and the Pope actually went and kissed feet of people that people were stunned with. Our new Pope, the one that's now Pope Francis, like uh, there's some things he's saying that are blowing my mind. And yes, there's politics in the background, maybe, but something rings true in his spirit. There's Uh, something Jesus about him that not everybody's seeing, but I'm seeing it, and other people are recognizing Jesus in him. Does he always get it right? No. Do we always get it right? No. But when people see (laughs) Jesus in us, then they're seeing the Father.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because
0: Jesus said, because I think it was Philip who asked, hey, can can we see the Father? He said, guys, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. No one has seen the Father but me. And so and that means every Old Testament writer who has an incomplete perspective on the father and they wrote it down and God in his grace allowed that to be written as it was and didn't try to correct. I don't know why not, but that's fine. Maybe that's because our humanity is so wired, but Jesus said, I will take you back now and walk you through it. I am the full representation of the father. If you see me, we're the same. If you see a place where God is not loved, that's not my father. If, if you see God is loved, that's me. Cause we're the same. That's how I'm reading that text in a beautiful way. It's yeah. changing my lens. I think, Bill, you were talking about that too.
1: Yeah. He accommodates. You know, he accommodates. As we've talked about, remember when we talked about yeah. the principle of accommodation? He accommodated them where they were. But yeah. but listen, I've been just as violent when I was younger. <laughs> I, I hated every bit as much as the ancient people that I had enemies I wanted to destroy. You know, and, and I and I would use Bible verses to, to wish destruction on them. Yeah. You know, we're not that far. We're, we're not so improve moderns that we, we no, i we, think
2: that's the beautiful uh be- the beauty of the scriptures is is that is their transparency and yeah. and their and their raw fallibility <laughs> like like we weren't given a perfect document and that in some ways is the most perfect thing we could have been given like you said richard it, it points us to jesus perfectly i do believe that i think it perfectly points us to jesus and then it in, in a certain way, it perfectly releases us from having to rely on that book as being some legalistic document where it says, you know, the Bible said it, I believe it, therefore it's true. I, I, can, I can let that crap go. I don't have to live in that place anymore.
1: And think about it. it, it it's like it has its own tests because because <laughs> if you do, if you follow it by the Spirit and it takes you into love, into the Logos, into Jesus in you, then you're gonna go back and say, uh uh-uh, uh, that ain't Jesus. That ain't Jesus. That ain't Jesus. In in terms of the the r- rape and the war and the brutality and all that. It's it's like it's got its own test, you that true or false. You read back, mm-hmm. at it, you know, it's got and then, tests. And, and then as it you've
2: is. done so, you know, so eloquently and taught me and some and I think Mike what we then then turn to do is we actually reframe all those things and look at them through new lenses and we a out more hope-filled right
0: perspective
2: and we out but we even take something that may be so brutal and we realize that there's a spiritual perspective behind it that you know notion nations are now notions right like mm. you said before and i can i can start taking these things and mm. you know I can take infantile thoughts and Bash those against the rock. It's not about a literalism. It's about using that mentality in a totally different way. But that Christ brings it live in a, in a metaphorical or allegorical way.
1: Amen. Yeah. Amen. 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 And then it's fun. Now and it's fun. Yeah. Fun. Now it's Plato. <laughs> We're not. We don't grip. You know. I, you just tell when we get in these conversations with these fundamentalists, boy, they're just gripped down. You know. And but, like but why? Them
0: but why? And I think part of the answer to why someone would be really torn up about this is because the cost of admitting you're wrong and then have to relearn is so freaking scary. And if your paycheck depends on it, it's also a difficulty. So I I know for me, I want to find, because I've been given grace, um, a room in a gracious room to grow, Mm. and mis- make mistakes and oops i thought i'd learned grace and then i there's more oh my goodness so somehow my my environment allowed me to screw up and learn screw up and learn and just keep growing deeper not everybody has that and mm. not everybody maybe that's what people need if you have a safe yeah. place to have those quiet discussions that's why nicodemus went to jesus quietly cuz there was a trust there he 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 didn't want to publicize he didn't want right. the attention but there was something about trust. And That's if people good. come to you and I quietly and want to ask, because there's there's a maybe they sense Jesus oh. in that, right? So I'll
2: I'll openly say this. I mean, obviously I have a, a private community on Facebook and I the more I'll tell you, the more I've watched the public conversation of theology over the last five, seven years, the more thankful I'm that I've, I've kept my group private. I really am, and yeah. that's not. Good to be I've seen your posts. I agree. It's it's, yeah, it, it there's something about a, a space of trust yeah. and vulnerability, yeah. just like Nicodemus and and Jesus in a private room, mm-hmm. that that this conversation seems to be so much more alive. I've had it in a bar with a buddy with a beer, and and there's no judgment. And yet you take it immediately out into a public forum and all of a sudden this thing just turns into a war. Yeah. Um, and I, I would, I think I know for both of you, I'm speaking for myself. Well, if you're watching this and you, you have questions, I think all three of us are, are pretty open on on messenger or whatever to answer these questions. I've been that way for a long time. And, and I, I'm I'm blessed to be totally transparent with people on that. So I think you're right. Finding someone who goes, wow, they, they seem to have some of this kind of, for lack of a better word, they have a language behind it that's probably yeah. not perfect, but that's better than maybe where they came from. And it doesn't have to be us. Find someone that you can have a private conversation with. I mean, that's- Oh, what
0: was that word? Private. <laughs> like, seriously, some people want to land based and do uh, like bombastic questions and confront. Yeah. And that's not the spirit <laughs> of this growth. The Spirit of this growth we're talking about it, is the gentleness. Jesus even said,
2: "Don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing." There's a, there's something about the intimacy of doing this in a in a in kind of a place of quiet and and I say shadow, but that's the wrong word. But in a place of quiet and rest. Rest is a better word. Um, that that has a lot of I think beauty behind it. And then when time, Holy Spirit will present opportunities for you to show it as opposed to tell it.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah and I, I think it 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 activates the yeah. conscience you know just I, I know I keep going back to that but when we're together in, in a quiet way I mean we can hear each other's conscience
2: I mean the truth is we're having a private conversation here Mike, you're yeah. just making it available for other people but I think that's what makes yeah. us yeah raw and real in some regards
1: yeah yeah one thing I've noticed about fundamentalists uh who are really trenched down in the thing is they don't listen to your answers they want you they want you what about this verse then you yeah. answer the verse. Yeah quoting them verses, you know, playing what they, you know, trying to help them on the level where they're at. And yet they won't respond to your verses at all. They'll just go on. But what about this? What about this? But they never engage you. Yep. I had a
0: person, I had a person meet for me with me for coffee that uh, was challenging all my grace teaching. And so he pulled out this, this document, like all these, this couple of pages of scripture verses. Cause I said, so what do you want to talk about? He pulls out these, these sheets said, Oh, you hoping that I would, you know, respond to trust each those. of either. And he said, yeah. So, well, you can put that away cause it ain't happening. We're, we are not going on your list because until is. we have trust first, your list is useless. Then it's about us. One of us having to be more right than the other. I'm not doing that. And I, I, I just will not, because now we're not seeking to hear and seeking to understand you're seeking to point out my wrong and correct me or vice versa. It's like, no, that's not the spirit of having coffee. So that never <laughs> happened. I never saw it again. About- up. <laughs> <laughs> but I never saw him again for anything meaningful and that's fine. And they left the church. And I I was sad, but I also have no energy for that anymore because it's not my job to correct and be light and give that illumination. It's the Holy Spirit's job. Yeah, that's right. So that's anyway.
2: I'm and looking at the
1: clock. That, Go that ahead.
2: our yoke line.
1: That makes hey, our your
2: problem, Mike. You started with 13.
0: coffee, not beer. That was your problem. it was date anyway yeah so i just for fun i've got nine in
2: the morning what's your point it's it's (laughs) not yeah
0: it's right it's it's 5 p.m somewhere i have a i've got a really amazing group uh grounds and grace group that meets every friday morning there's probably 15 to 20 of us and we've gotten together for about five years now and trust has built Mm -hmm. and it's safe. We've, we've walked through unsafe and it, it becomes the group that, that all the three of us are to me. You guys are that to me. Um, this is at a very different level. Um, but this is a, a group that loves to explore and we listen to videos and discuss things in person. But that kind of a community is so special. And even if you do with just one other person, find mm-hmm. someone close to you. Or if you yeah. can't, then find someone who will do a Zoom call with you. And you have these discussions once in a while. We only have so much bandwidth. You don't have unlimited time and resources. So just because people message and, hey, you didn't answer because I haven't got the time. So we we have to connect with who Jesus is going to connect us to. Yeah. Just because we want the connection with a person doesn't mean we get it. Right, so right. seek out somebody. I, I really think that's so important. They're all over the
1: place. We're all over the place, yeah. and and probably thinking we're. It's just like when they said, how, "How many are left in the land? The remnant." They all stand yeah. up. There's yeah. lots of them, you know. Yeah. And that's yeah. why there's there are people down the street. But it's just like paying attention. I, I have had so many miraculous just in the last couple of weeks. Miraculous coincidences. I've had a very tense time in some things. And then the Lord will just do something that crosses my path that makes it easier for me. You know, when I'm, when I'm really struggling, I'm, I'm noticing things I haven't noticed in a while, hmm. just how, how intimately involved he is in everything that I'm doing, mm-hmm. trying to help me. If I, you know, I use this example the other day. Uh, I did a little uh, 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 parking lot theology on dad string. And the thing was about, I had watched this thing last weekend about uh, Kelsey, the center for the Philadelphia Eagles and what a perfect blocker he was. And they said he had dad strength because he's got like three or four kids. And he's a beast. And he also has beast strength. But I started just coming up with this metaphor about God blocks for us. You know, he, he mm-hmm. keeps the things that are attacking us. This yeah. They were talking about how this Kelsey guy, he didn't let anybody touch uh, Jalen. I mean, he just, you know, he protected him from everything. From, from when he protected him, wow. you know. But just that – that idea that if we stay behind the block, that the Lord is our blocker, the Lord is, you know, is our center, you know, and if we stay behind him and not run off to the side where we can get, you know, we can get harmed, but I just, I don't know. I know that's, that's a, that's a funny metaphor, but, but it's, I think it's really pretty good staying behind the block.
0: And those, that link is below uh, on the playlist. I think I have your YouTube, um, a parking Lot Theology playlist link every week below. So, folks, just go and, and see what other programs or short discussions, and they're short; they're like five minutes, ten minutes long. So, they're worth listening to. I'm looking at the clock, and I got to wrap up. Unfortunately, me but too. This was this was a lot of fun, and uh, man, I'm looking forward to the next topic. So, this is the conclusion of four parts. Um, but man. Be,
2: did Jesus ride dinosaurs? Oh, <laughs> no. Oh, no.
0: Okay, I'm going to edit that out. No I'm kidding. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. Say goodbye to everybody. I it. It's been a pleasure. All right. I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, thank you, everyone, for chiming in, listening in. Buddy, thank you for your comments there. Uh, I was watching them as they came in. And Isaac in uh, Arizona, good morning. Uh, Jim Willard, who I think is still in Fort Lauderdale, uh, says, dang, I'm late. Good morning. Well, good morning, buddy. Uh, really good. And good morning to Buddy. But uh, this this conversation was really important. I know it was four sessions long, but each session was forming and shaping, um, which is pretty cool. Um, anyway, I hope you enjoyed it. Please let us know what you thought. Um, but more importantly, we'd love to hear from you. And if there are topics that are really burning that you'd really would love some discussion on, I'm not saying answers but as some discussion on uh I'd, I'd be happy to even because because we're going to be interviewing a whole bunch of people not the core here having um Bill and Richard to me this is a, a solid base of first of all friendship of people I trust uh, and our hearts are aligned. and I love that. That's hard to find. But I'm going to be interviewing a lot more people uh, over this next year. And maybe some have a special expertise on a topic. So if you would be willing to email me and I'm gonna I haven't given an actual email address yet in three years. I can't believe that I just realized that the other day. I'm going to give you my church email address for now, um, because that's the best one that works. I can't get the Growing Grace one to work, Um, but it's Mike at Hope Fellowship, Uh, Unless it's .ca, shoot, watch me really screw that up. Oh my goodness. Um, Anyway, uh, give me one sec. I know I'm live, but one second. Yep, yep, yep. That's pretty bad. Um, yes, it is.com. Good. So, Mike at HopeFellowshipYCC.com. Send me an email. <clears throat> Let me know, first of all, what you thought. Do you enjoy these? Are there some topics that are really important to you? Uh, even if we've done the topics already, which you can go down to the playlist and look, um, some of them are worth revisiting. There's so many topics we have to revisit because <laughs> there's so much to say about them. But my, my hope is everything we cover. Anything you hear on this program will point you to a more hope-filled perspective on who God is, on uh, who the Holy Spirit is, oh wait, and on who you are. <laughs> yeah, some of us don't even know ourselves. Um, uh, let me tell you about two interviews coming up. Next week, we're going to um, uh, have a discussion with uh, a Facebook group uh, of admins uh, called Jesus Unchained, um, and their subtitles is Deconstructing. From dead religion without losing your faith. This is a uh, made up of a, a couple Canadians and a couple Americans putting this together. It's designed to be an international um, Facebook group. There's no real teachers in it per se. We're not there to teach, um, but to create a space where those that are on the journey of deconstruction or unlearning and or renovating their faith want to relearn a better lens. Um, this is a safer group to do that in. I'm sure there's lots of other groups out there Uh, but this particular one uh, i'm a part of and i i really am coming to value uh, who's in this group Um, even if i don't comment much i watch i listen Um, but we had our first interview uh, with all the admins at least the ones that could had time to show up Um, and i'm going to share that next week to introduce you to this group so uh, look them up on Facebook Jesus unchained deconstruct from dead religion without losing your faith when you want to join the group you have to fill up some questions um, let me encourage you to somehow sneak in that you heard about it from still growing grace that'll be a cue to let you in okay um, because they they don't want just anybody that's gonna you know want to fight and argue we don't want that uh, or people that are gonna try and take it over as this is a new platform don't do that either this this is supposed to be just a Good group of people it's moderated, so if you 're going to be a jerk you 're gone, but I want it to be a safe place, and it is it's a private group, so i think I think it's that's next week the week after that uh, Catherine Toon has written a new book, and i'll be uh I did an interview yesterday with her and i 'll air it uh, in two weeks um, and uh, we talk about this book and it's it's going to be a good book i've read it I actually read the book um yeah it's all say for now so that book is going to be released in march but we're going to air the program in two weeks so uh so we've got a lot for the next two weeks and then i'm going to get in touch with bill and richard and we're going to do some more recordings um and some other people that i think have great perspectives so um that's that's kind of what's coming up in the next little while so too many ideas not enough time <laughs> i love it all right, we will uh, chat uh, next time. See you next Wednesday morning at uh, 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And uh, we look forward to then. Until then, have a great week. We'll see you later. As soon as I find the exit little thingy here. <laughs> here we go. Bye.